Hi and welcome to a slightly different version of the podcast. My name is Paul, as per usual. Um, you haven't got rid of me, um, but this is going to be a mini podcast. So we're going to launch this. Uh, we're going to put this live every single weekday, um, at least for this week, just to see how it goes and see if people can uh, get some value from it, see what the feedback is, and maybe we'll carry that on with a mini podcast each weekday rather than doing one big podcast every now and again. So today's episode is on researching your area before you even begin to think about sourcing. So no fluff, let's just crack straight on with it. So I've split this up into different phases um, and hopefully that makes some sense. Now the first phase is phase one, intelligence gathering. So imagine a map of your area where your town is. your town, city, wherever you plan on sourcing or investing. And now you're going to break that up into into pieces, not tiny pieces, just into sections to create a kind of sourcing jigsaw with these different areas. And these different areas are different because they offer different types of properties and offer potentially different types of opportunities investment-wise. And obviously there are going to be some crossovers within that, but doing this little exercise will help you build up a good picture in your mind of your area of operation. So these are the six core areas in most cities or large towns in the UK. So the first one, we've got a family housing area. So think of this as the area as the place where families will live. It's a nice area desirable, close to the popular schools, primary schools, secondary schools, and families generally aspire to live in that area. It's a nice area. And the second area is uh, student housing. Now, you're not going to get this everywhere, but in some places you do, uh, typically in university, uh, places where there are universities and large colleges. Now, this is an area Normally, housing, university and college students, obviously, in the form of student-let HMOs. Now, like I say, not everywhere has these, but if you do, you'll want to know where it is and and understand how that works. So, student housing area. So, we've got our, our complete area and we're now breaking that up. So, we've now got a family housing area and if you've got it in your area, a student housing area. Next up is HMOs. So does your town have an area where you'd likely find a higher density of HMO properties? You'll want to mark these areas out, obviously. You know, what sort of quality of HMO are you looking at in those areas? You know, there are two hugely different markets, whether you're looking at, you know, your professional HMO, which is quite high-end, high-spec finish, you know, all the bells and whistles, and then you've got the the lower end, more basic standard HMO, um, two completely different markets. So understand, you know, if you've got HMOs in your area, mark that area off, obviously, but understand what types of HMOs are within those areas. Um, the next section of the jigsaw is um, Article 4, kind of following on from HMOs. So Article 4 is the local council's way of controlling the amount of HMOs in a given area. So if your area has Article 4, then it may well be oversaturated with HMOs, as far as your local council are concerned anyway. Now, Article 4 is not usually a blanket ruling, meaning you, 
you cannot have a HMO in the entire town or city without planning permission. It's usually just a restricted, it's restricted to a specific area. And your local council, if you take a look online, your local council will provide you with this information. If you can't find it on their own website, uh, pick up the phone and speak to their, the, you know, the local HMO officer. Some, some council websites do actually have a map with the Article 4 areas clearly marked out. And it can be down to you know a couple of streets. It can be down to quite, quite a large area. Um, it just differs, it differs by the area. So next up, the next section we're going to look at, so we've got family housing, we've got student housing, we've got HMOs, and we've got Article 4 areas. The next up is the less desirable area. Um, you know, most towns have these areas where nobody really wants to live by choice. However, they do offer opportunity when it comes down to investing. If you're unsure about where the above areas are yourself, go and speak with local agents. Ask them these key questions and get a feel for the areas yourself. Drive around, walk around. You'll soon pick it up. What what types of you know what type of an area it is that actually you're actually dealing with, and doing this is, is going to give you a broad strokes overview of your area. That's why you're doing it, and the types of opportunities it could provide in each specific location. Now the next section is following on from less desirable um, areas of, the, of your town or city is the no go area. Now. Most areas also have these two. By no-go area, we mean an area where property has seen very little or any growth at all in the past few years. Um, whilst property is usually much lower than the average for the town or city, you have to keep in mind these areas are typically in decline. And so an investment could be more trouble than it's worth. You know, newbie investors often fall foul of these areas. They say a good purchase price but they live to regret it, regret buying it down the line. You know, a good example is certain areas of Liverpool right now offer investors fantastic returns and many of the L postcodes, the Liverpool postcodes, often feature in the top 10 buy-to-let postcodes in the UK. However, not all of Liverpool's uh, postcodes, it's just not advisable to invest everywhere. It's not like, you know, wherever you buy in Liverpool is going to be a fantastic investment. That is not the truth. Um, and while, you know, a low purchase price and tenant demand, you may well think fantastic investment, it doesn't always, you know, it doesn't always turn out that way. So this is why it pays to know your area and understand its pros and cons fully. So that's the sourcing jigsaw. So we're done with that. We've broken up our area into little areas. So we've got, just to recap, family housing area, student housing area, HMO area, you know where the Article 4 area is, a less desirable area, um, and the no-go area where you, you're just not going to look for investments, by and large. Um, next up, phase two. So this is local benchmarks and averages. So once you have a clear picture of your area, these areas will undoubtedly offer up quite different opportunities. So now it's going to be time to find out what the average benchmarks are in terms of the average prices of properties in these areas. This then sets them apart based on cost of housing as well as also the demographic. And the reason you do this is to make your life easier when sourcing. 
or if you're if you're an investor, it just makes your life easier. Um, you know, if you if if you're a sourcer and you've got an investor who's got a modest budget, you know straight away one where they can invest in your city, and two what type of opportunities they're likely to come across in that area. You know, and this is all part of learning and understanding your area to better serve your clients. However, if you already have an idea of the average purchase price in different areas, then you don't need to dig any deeper and do the following. But this it, this is something you can do. So you can find out what the average sold prices are of various different types of properties by visiting the website home.co.uk. So if you visit there, you can select um, prices and rents from the menu on the left, I think it is, and enter the postcode you wish to get data on and click find. And this is useful because it helps you find, it helps you build a picture of the type of budget you need for different types of property. You know, if, you, if you're looking at sourcing in a new area or you've just moved to a, a new area, then you're not, you're not going to understand the area fully. So it's a, this is a good process to go through. Um, alternative, alternatively, it has to be said, you can probably instinctively have a pretty damn good idea of what 200k is going to get you in any given area in your location. You know, if you've lived there all your life, then you're going to know how far the, the pound travels, so to speak. Um, but like I say, it's not it's not a necessity to carry out this level of research. When you're looking at benchmarks, as long as you understand, you know, the kind of asking prices for the types of properties in those various different areas of your jigsaw, then you're good to go. That's good enough. So now you know how to get low down on an area, and most importantly, what the DNA of each area is. You are slowly but surely building an image in your mind of your city and looking at it in a different way. Also, by understanding how much you get for your money in each area, it gives you a broad understanding of where to invest depending on the budget. And this is one small step forward in getting to know your area, understanding the local markets and the niches within these local markets too. And that's all for today's mini podcast. If you'd like access to some free property training, then head over to our new website and click on the free training thing there. You can't miss it. It's psnproperty.com. So if you head over there, psnproperty.com, um, I'm giving away at the moment a number of free videos and free PDF and a free PDF guide on the five steps to getting your first deal. So head over to psnproperty.com right now and check that out. The links and details are on the show notes. Anyway, that's all for today's mini episode. I said it'd be mini. It is mini. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with more and I hope you enjoyed this one. And please help us out by giving us a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget, subscribe so you don't miss out on a daily dose of property knowledge. Till next time, take it easy.